This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, Kreuzer. Thank you for joining us once again on Rob, Ryan, Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you by Red and People Development. On this week's episode, we'll take a look at Wrexham's bid for academy status next season, take a look at the controversial new membership pricing structure and bring you all the latest Wrexham transfer news as well. I'm Rich Fay. I'm delighted to be joined, as always, by Nathan Salt. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, looking forward to the tour now. Desperate need of a trip um, and not long, but... There's this week's podcast, and there'll be next week's, uh, and then we'll be on the tour. So very much looking forward to it. Nice and sunny outside. Yeah, all, all well. Are you all well? I am all well. I've realised, actually, that this is my last podcast potentially for a few weeks myself because I am busy on tour duties myself with work. I've got Man United in Oslo next Wednesday and then off, well, back to Japan against all the odds to uh, cover Man City this summer. So, yeah, the... the by the time I actually sort of get back from tour and stuff, it'll be Rexham versus MK Dons. It's going to be crazy being away for the next few weeks. Yeah, well, it puts pressure on me to get people to fill in for you again. You basically live in Japan now. Half the year you spend in Japan, but no, uh, we will get lots of people, especially around the US tour. I'm going to be doing a lot of content out there um, across all the socials, TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube as well. Uh, and it'll and be good Twitter fun. if it's still alive. Twitter if then. it's still alive. If, if, if your rate limit hasn't been exceeded, um, it'll be... It'll be fine. But yes, Rich is going to be away in Oslo. And, and then bit Rich, by the time you're back, hopefully we get to do our 1 through 24 League 2 prediction episode. Um, fingers crossed before you're back or before the season starts. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, I'll be able to send you a voice note to, a, hey, to yeah. put into one of the episodes we need. I might even still do a, a little audio diary while I'm in Japan oh. and uh, keep you updated to what I'm doing there and see how much Wrexham news I can follow. I mean, what worries me is I think the Wigan tickets, the... The, the Wigan League Cup tickets go on sale while I'm flying to, to Japan. So I need to help hope that they're at least held to one side by the time I actually land. Otherwise, I might just be asking for a few favours off people to try and get to, to watch that game. But yeah, it's just it feels that like things are starting to really move on now, Nath. I know that lots of fans would be eager to see new players be shown off. And of course, the kits of the first home kits already been released. Lots of people will already have theirs by now. But it does feel like things are going start happening thick and fast and away as well from from the football life is the news as we hinted to in the start that Wrexham have applied for a category four license under the elite player performance plan with a view to the 2023 season being one of transition 
and then the intention to apply for a category category free status the following campaign uh interesting structure you know Wrexham had an illustrious academy and uh, heritage of bringing free youth players in the past it's not been possible to finance that and keep it running during those non-league years it's an important part of of maybe the, building this long-term legacy at the club and retaining local players and local talent in the years to come, building something that is sustainable as well with homegrown players at the heart of it. We saw Jordan Davis's exploits two seasons ago, Matt Cleworth as well, who's been brilliant since he came through the academy. And yeah, it's it's interesting, Nath. It's really, it seems like a, a step in the right direction and a, a further good news. Yeah, I mean, you know, the academy is a key part of the, of the process. We've seen Owen Cushion get his first professional deal coming through the academy. You know, Parkinson are very keen on him. Dan Davis, you know, is being looked at by teams higher up. Very good player, left back, left wing back. And, you know, there are others. Kai Evans, if he gets another deal, will be one of those that comes through the academy setup. Bickerstaff, Scott Butler. Uh, and, you know, looking back, it's been a place where Joey Jones has come through, Mickey Thomas has come through, Brian Hughes has come through. You know, we have produced lots of great players. And it is a hotbed for sound. I would wonder if local teams around Wrexham who have benefited from Wrexham not having a full-time academy during the non-league years, but maybe sweating a little bit now that Wrexham have applied for this Category 4 and with the aim to get to a Category 3, I think. From my understanding, Category 4 is under-17s and upwards, I think. And I think category one, Categories 1 to 3 in the EFL is you know under-9s, under-10s and upwards. So it, it is a, a branch-out thing then. But you know, we were talking recently about seven substitutes, weren't we? I think to get that seventh sub, you need a full-time academy. Um, I think during the, in the EFL, someone will definitely point that out if that's wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's yeah, accurate. It sounds like next season we'd have six subs per match without an academy, but you get that one extra slot, don't you? Yeah, if you've got a full-time academy as well to complement your sort of first-team duties. So again, in, in terms of even match preparation, giving us an equal playing field with many other teams next season, it does seem imperative that, that we push on with that. And I guess it is as on well, just ensuring that there is that development plan as well. I mean, is a double-edged sword because Wrexham have so much money and maybe even less patience now to nurture young, young players. Yes, we want to do it eventually, but there's so much demand for immediate success that although we need to sort of have it going around in the background, the truth is that to, to get a chance in the Wrexham first team, you've got to have to be an elite young player to, to have any chance of doing so. Phil Parkinson, you know, he's used cup competitions to try and give youngsters a, a chance in the past, but he's not going to just be handing out appearances just to make it look good you know sort of token appearances because oh this kid came from the academy they've got to be very very good so it's going to be an interesting dynamic and I guess another one of these sort of investments where you'll see the fruition of it in the years to come it might not be an immediate change you might not even really notice it's there next season but in five ten years those foundations could really really be solid and we can reap the rewards of, of the seed we're sowing now yeah I think I think key part of it will be that training base that you know when we had Rob and Ryan on they were talking about that's something they're looking at every single day and they keep asking for updates on every single day that is going to be the key because at Colliers you know that was part of the the foundation of the football club wasn't it and players would go there come through there elite teams would train there it was just a great base for us and I know that they're working hard on trying to deliver a, a training ground a, a, a you know plush training facility that will be there for years to come and like you say is essentially a really key foundational piece to to grow the club over the next decade because yeah right now Wrexham are in win now mode and, and are going for experienced players and are going for 
win now moves. But realistically, long term, you want to be able to produce players. It's what Wrexham have done, you know, for all of time, really. And homegrown heroes, the hotbed of talent is there. It just needs nurturing, and you don't want them to end up going to Crew or Tranmere or Wigan or, or all these other kind of other opportunities that, that they could that they could go to. And yeah, I think massive massive news really that that Wrexham's academy is is on the way back and, and we've seen them advertising for an academy manager and all that sort of thing, but much of it will hinge on getting that training facility really in the longer term, getting that right and, and having a place where the whole club is housed, you know, the first team and, and the academy and it's all one process where everybody, you know, they can see that pathway to the first team. Youngsters can look at people like Max and Owen and others and think, that's how I get there. You see it at clubs across the leagues. You, you want academy players to see that pathway. Yeah, and that's the thing, Lon isn't it? It does mean more. It does feel extra special when you can think he's one of our own. And that phenomenal season Jordan Davis had was just so good because he's from Bloody Koi Poig. You know, this is he is one of us. He gets it. And for all the money you spend for one of your best players to be someone you okay, Jordan's case is different because he went to Brighton, came back, but this is a local lad who's been nurtured to you know, you can spend, you can, you can buy players from all across the world, but someone from Koi Poif who's, who's doing it for his week in, week out. And, you know, next season, I expect him to be the sort of stereotypical, like a new signing. I think he'll come back with a bang and it reminds us all of, of how good he really is. Max maybe go out on loan, but long-term, he's someone who, who plays a few hundred games for the club. He looks, he looks brilliant. He's got all those raw attributes and yeah, it is just, about building that longevity and ultimately whatever happens with the takeover you mentioned there the academy the training ground the stadium there's your legacy that is what you leave for decades decades to come that is those building blocks for future success as well and, and making ourselves self-sustainable and ensuring that we don't have to spend loads of money every year you know we, I mean, we've not spent any on, on new players this summer yet but eventually you'll be able to sort of produce your own top talents and, and hopefully be able to develop them properly as well with with all those those things in place. And one of those players that you didn't mention, Nath, who came through our academy, we caught up with this week to discuss the news and to get his own thoughts as well on Wrexham's hopes for next season. And I'm delighted to say I was joined by Wayne Phillips before recording this podcast. And here's what he had to say on the academy news. So Wayne, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast again. First of all, how are you doing? How are you keeping the summer? Yeah, good. Uh, enjoying the breakaway from football. It's not to say I'm not looking forward to the new season after the excitement of certainly the last 12 months and the, the, the back end of the season. Uh, we all finished on a high and couldn't wait for the, the new season to get going. But uh, other interests take over for me during the summer. I'm a keen sports fan as you can imagine, and cricket, tennis, and uh, the Tour de France is enough to keep me occupied until until our first game of the season. So, But it soon creeps up. Uh, you know, we, we were talking a month away from the start of the season now, and, and the, the excitement is starting to build. Was, were, you, were you similar as a, as a player then? When, when it was off-season, did you try disconnect from football together, or pre-season, did you enjoy that yourself when you when you're playing for Exxon? I loved pre-season because it was my biggest strength, um, the, 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 the fitness side of, of the game. Um, I always uh, worked ex- extremely hard before coming back for the first day of pre-season and I was at a really good level. But uh, during the summer, 
I always enjoyed my break um, away from football, other than it being a World Cup or a European Championship, where where you always, as a football player or football supporter, you always um, loved watching those tournaments. But uh, I do like time away. Um, I'm, I don't have an obsession just for football. And um, some keen dog, dog walkers, when I'm out on a daily basis, get disappointed when I don't want to talk football to them. Well, I'm very honoured that you come on the podcast to talk football with us then. Uh, like I said, the main reason we wanted on today was Wrexham applying for this academy status uh, again. You know, that will affect the amount of substitutes that Wrexham could have on the bench next season. If you've got a full-time academy, you can name seven. If you don't have a full-time academy, you can only name six players on the bench. So, you know, it is it is important, but it's also important to nurture the next generation of, of young players. We've seen Jordan Davis, we've seen Max Kluwerth in recent years. We've seen so many players as well in sort of FA Trophy games. I'm sure we'll see more in the EFL Trophy coming up. But for you as well, what? how important is it being North Walian and having Wrexham players and Wrexham-based players coming through to the first team? Well, it played a big part in my life uh, and my, my career, um, progressing to become an established player for Wrexham. And I couldn't have done that uh, without the academy they had in place at that time. And I'm only one of, of, of many um, who, who who were fortunate at that time to have come through um, in what was a terrific um, school of excellence in those days. So many players progressed from the youth team into the reserves, into the first team. It, it was a brilliant conveyor belt. And um, I've been as sad as anybody over the last few years to have not seen that happening. You've named one or two players uh, the likes of Jordan and, and Max, but uh, there's not been enough for my liking and there's not been enough of them in in the first team. Whereas you look back throughout the 90s, some may talk about the 70s and the 80s, but I can only talk about my time. And um, you look back at the opportunity we were given because of the situation the club were in. Um, Brian Flynn has admitted many a time that he had to rely on the youngsters and they sacrificed finishing Boston League one season, um, knowing that the next two or three seasons would, would be a success because he was able to introduce uh, the, the, the group of us that came through at uh, the, the very same time. And six, seven, eight of us were fortunate to have spent a number of years in the first team. And um, the ones who, who, who had the ability to move on uh, got, got their move. Uh, and the, the the rest of us uh, were, were fortunate, I, I should say, to, to have played for this brilliant football club. I suppose, yeah, like I said, that's kind of similar to what Tosh acted with Wales as well, wasn't it? Where he had to take the short-term hit for the long-term game of developing these youngsters and you know, being off as well. There is something special, isn't there? When, you know, you can think he's one of our own. I think of that season Jordan had, the season before last, where, you know, he was phenomenal and it meant more, didn't it? And it, was, yeah. it meant more as well to see him when we got promoted. I'd seen Jordan uh, growing up um, as a youngster. Um, and my son Jake uh, was in the same academy side as Jordan. So I've been fortunate enough to have seen Jordan growing up through the academy from a very young age and always felt that that talent was there and, and it was going to shine. And he was going to be one of those I mentioned who were going who was going to play at a higher level. Um, I, it came at no surprise to me when, when, he, when he got that move to Brighton. Um, okay, he's had to take what I would call maybe a backward step to to have come to the level he's playing at the moment. But there's no reason why Jordan can't get back to the very top because he he's a talented player and um, one of my favourites uh, because for, for that reason um, uh, there's no 
nothing pleases me more than to see footballers uh, having to work ever so hard to come through academies uh, and to go on and live that dream to play for the football club they've spent so many years with. So um, I would love to see that happening again in Wrexham. I'm not too sure now if it will because they can go out and sign players for £300,000, £400,000 or whatever they can uh, because uh, of the position they're in at the moment with these two brilliant owners. And that wasn't possible uh, during my time. Um, they, they weren't able to go out and, and, and buy players for that, for that sort of money. They had to nurture their own. And um, the academy coaches were, were fantastic. Uh, Joey Jones played a part of that. The, the Cliff Sear, Mike Buxton, um, Brian Trandall, uh, Edris Price. And uh, these, these were all key people in, in the success uh, the likes of myself, Steve Walking, Gareth Owen, Lee Jones, Jonathan Cross, Dave Brammer, Brian Hughes. The, the list goes on, Rich. And um, you know, we're talking about a number of of, of excellent players um, who, who who took that route. So um, it delights me to see that at the academy. It's on its way back. It's been so difficult, I, I think, over the last number of years for 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 a number of reasons uh, for the academy staff to to produce these players because the catchment area is there. Um, North Wales is a terrific um, footballing home. Um, we, we, we're one big family. And I'm convinced that, that next Jordan Davis is out there somewhere um, on our doorstep. And uh, should we be able to get hold of him before the big boys, then it, it would be fantastic if we look back or look forward to five, six years down the line where there's two or three or four players who have come to the academy in Wrexham's first team. And by that time, we could be at a, a much higher level than we are now. Exactly. Like you said, I think the most exciting thing going forward is that maybe we can be the team that these youngsters want to join. I mean, you look at so many good sort of North Wales players now. You look at people like Nico Williams. You look at Harry Wilson, who've had to go further afield. I know they're exceptional talents, but why can't Wrexham get the next players like that? And it's the fact that we won't be losing so many top talents maybe to to these Premier League clubs, these championship sides, because I guess that's what's so frustrating over the years, isn't it? It's that for all the goodwill and the fantastic people who have been involved in the academy, we just didn't have the the setup or the money really to, to keep them in place. And hopefully that can that can change going forward. I think that'll come um, over time. Um, I think if you're talking about a League Two club and a Premier League club, it is a different ball game. And, uh, you know, the, the, these these excellent players at a young age will still be going to your likes of Manchester United and Liverpool and, and, and Everton. But the sooner Wrexham can get up there alongside these, and I'm talking League One and Championship level, then it's a different ball game. And, um, you know, that that's not beyond, um, beyond, beyond Wrexham in the next two, three, four years because of the progress we've made over the last 18 months, two years with, with the new owners. And you can only see that progression um, carrying on in the way it has. And uh, yeah, you mentioned about, you know, everybody wants to be part of the Wrexham Football Club these days. Uh, we, we've seen it even with players at the tail end of their career. Ben Foster, a prime example. You know, coming to a football club that was thriving, in all honesty, at, at the tail end of a season. And uh, the, the hunger to go and do it again for somebody of his age uh, is a brilliant example for, for kids starting out their careers. 
And as I said, um, I, I, I'm delighted uh, to, to, to have heard the news. Um, and then it's up to, to, to the, the scouts, the coaches, to go and find these players because they have to be out there. Uh, they were in the 80s, they were in the 90s. They're going to be still be there now because football is such an important life uh, to, to, to children these days. They all see it on the television. And we're a massive attraction now, I reckon, with what's gone on in the last two years. So any young child out there who's got any football ability, you know, it could be the time to be involved with, with, with Wrexham Football Club. Yeah, exactly. That's fantastic to see going forward. You mentioned at the start of this little chat, Wayne, that maybe you're having a bit of, bit of a break from football at the moment. It's the last thing on your mind. But the summer, you know, pre-season on the way, we've got transfer rumours left, right, centre. Where, what, what do you think of, of Wrexham's chances next season? Are you one of these supporters who thinks that, you know, we can go to League Two and win the league? Or do you think it might be a bit of a reality check? Because... When the fixtures yeah. came out myself, <laughs> a lot of good teams, aren't they? Rich, I'm exactly like you in that thinking there now what you've just said. If you'd have asked me this question at the tail end of the season when we won promotion, I'd have been saying, we'll walk League 2 and we'll walk League 1. But like yourself, when those fixtures came out and, and it starts to hit home of how many um, excellent clubs are in League 2, um, I certainly think it's going to be tougher than it was last season. Um, you know, Wrexham and Notts County were head and shoulders above every other club in the National League last season. And they, they steamrolled a lot of teams. Uh, it's not going to be as easy as, as that this season because um, the, the, uh, there's a lot of clubs uh, who, who are going to be in the mix. Um, there's clubs spending a lot of money. Um, so I think it's going to be an excellent season. First season, I still feel um, with, with the squad that, that, that we've assembled over the last 12 months, a squad that's going to be absolutely 100% good enough to compete with the best teams in the league. And um, I'm just hoping now that there is more success to come at the end of next season. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I say, say I switch off a little bit from, from football uh, during the close season. But the excitement is starting to build and to have us back in the football league. And, you know, there's some big clubs in League Two. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the games against Bradford for for obvious reasons. Mark Hughes, um, a, a hero of mine when I was growing up, uh, a Rex, Wrexham uh, legend, really, and not not Wrexham Football Club, but a Ruaban-based uh, legend, and as well as a lot of other clubs. So, really looking forward to what will be a really competitive season, and there's going to be some excellent games. And um, let's hope at the end of next season it, it's celebrating celebrating again. So, Nath, the next Wayne Phillips could be lurking in North Wales, then waiting to be unearthed. And I suppose as well, as Wayne said there towards the end, he's expected it to be a tough return to the EFL. Wrexham, maybe a little bit of a reality check because, you know, we were all giddy with excitement when we were winning every week at the end of the National League campaign. But as the new EFL season draws closer, I'm not sure if I'm reverting back to my previous pessimism or not, which will have people tuning off in their drones, but... It's going to be bloody hard to get promoted next season, isn't it? I know we're a good team, but the competition is going to be a lot higher next next season. The the competition is higher, but you would say you've got three bites of the cherry to get an automatic spot, and then you've got those further four spots. It's a big old cherry, that it, isn't it? It's a big old that is a big old cherry. I, I've butchered that. Big three bites of the apple or whatever. Um, but you not you, got the same room. You've to got it. you've got three bites of the cherry to 
to to get those automatic spots, and then you've got the playoffs. I still think with the squad as constructed as it is right now, I still think Wrexham have got a top seven squad. Um, I struggle to fall outside of that realm, um, and you'll see my my predictions when when they land just before the start of the season. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm 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 excited for the season. I'm I'm not I'm not going in with much trepidation. I think last season. Yes, it was amazing. You win every week, but there was that nervousness right until the end because Notts County was so good, and and the fact that both of us have come up and still believe we've got that momentum. I mean, Phil Parkinson was saying this week that there's players in that group that can get better. I think he was looking at Ryan Barnett. I think he was looking at Jacob Mendy. You know, players that can get better, elevate their game. We know what Elliot Lee is. We know what Andy Cannon is. We know what Paul Mullen is. Ollie Palmer. You know, Sam Dolby. Somebody can get better. Um. And, and I think, dare I say, Aaron Hayden, you know, he's been out for a long period of time. I think he will want to get even better, score even more goals. So I think there's another gear Wrexham can kick on to with, with better opposition. We saw it at Coventry and at Sheffield United. You know, when we're allowed time on the ball, we can spray it about with the best of them. So, you know, we're not going to have as much rough housing. We're still, there'll still be plenty of that in League 2, but not as much maybe in the National League. And I think with time on the ball, we'll, we'll be able to knock it about and look really, really, really good. Yeah, it's going to be a, a very different sort of platform and atmosphere for, for us to play in next season. It's going to be really interesting. I'm just fascinated, really. I just can't wait for, for proper football to start again and for us to all get our teeth into it and to like I said, it starts so thick and fast. There's so many games to begin the season with and yeah, it's going to be so fascinating. And that MK Don, Don's game in particular is going to hopefully really set the tone for, for what lies ahead for, for Wrexham. And yeah, I guess Nath bringing us on to the next subject is for those of us who can get to the matches, those of us who can either have the season tickets in place or can afford the membership. And, you know, there's been a lot of, I said during the intro, controversial membership cost changes this season. They've gone up another £10. So it will cost you £30 for the upcoming campaign to be a Rex member. You you basically, you need to be a member if you want to have any chance of getting to a Rex game next season, certainly to a league or an FA Cup game, you know, potentially maybe a Papa John's game might open up. Interesting to see what what the interest is like in those and and how that is sort of taken on by by, by supporters. But for your thirty pound, like we said, you get the chance to potentially buy tickets. You get a personalised membership card and a welcome pack. You get access to priority tickets for all home games at the Kairas. Access to the official club ticket exchange platform, which will be launched ahead of the new campaign access to retail discount offers and promotions from official club partners, £75 off a flight with United Airlines, although there is an asterisk there, and to be honest, that is, seems pretty useless for UK supporters because I think what they only fly from like Edinburgh and Glasgow or somewhere stupid like that in, in the UK where how many Wrexham fans are going to be taking advantage of a £75 discount when it probably costs you more to get there in the first place. An e-birthday card, which, you know, if that didn't say value for money, I don't know what does and a monthly email newsletter as well. You know, you can compare it to, to previous years and say, yes, it's gone up again. What was it? Every year since the takeover, it's gone up by £10. Mm. So, I mean, look, I what, mean, what is it? You, to cut you off slightly, when it was free, that was a very nice gesture. You know, that was just to try and get the interest. Yeah, then it, in 2021, it was £10. In 2022, it was £20. In 2023, 24, it will be £30. So it's gone up, yeah, £10 every every year. Um it's that there's an element of the price rise being inevitable. You know, everything is going up, really. And I, 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 we got a lot of that. 
Um, we've got a lot of that in the replies. We've got so many replies, Rich, to us asking, you know, we put, what do you make of the increase, the price of success and huge demand or a step too far when shirts and tickets are already going up in price? We said we'd share some thoughts. Um, but the way, the, I mean, what this is what I put in response to it. Um, you used a, a Didier Trogba gif um, from the Champions League. I went for um, the fact that it's essentially without capping the membership. So every member will get the chance to renew which is, what, it's 10,000 members. I know that will probably factor in. I don't know, actually, if that factors in season ticket holders because they're automatically members um, and then additional members. But that, that everybody who's a member will get the chance to you know renew that membership and then they'll open up to new members. So the price is going up and the number of members will go up. So I'm essentially paying £30 for a lottery ticket with less odds of winning the lottery. Um, so it's a more expensive ticket with... I mean, let's just say we end up with 15,000 members. Does that go to, then to a 1 in 20 chance to get a ticket compared to a 1 in 5? I think it's a minimum. I think the club's website says a minimum of 700 tickets available for a match. There's sometimes 7,000 something season ticket holders, 700 to 1,000 tickets, and then you've got the away fans to factor in. I I think I've got more issue with the with the cap, with there not being a cap on the membership because it gets to a point where if you don't have a membership, you've got absolutely no hope of getting a ticket. And if you do have a membership, I mean, you are still probably living on a prayer to, to try and get one. Um, what I would say... Okay, okay, oh. I guess maybe anecdotally then, I've got a season ticket. Right. So I am living in my bubble. I'm quite privileged to this, that membership's included with a season ticket renewal and the fact that I'm guaranteed a, get a ticket to every home game and I often get priority for away games as well. So I'm very, you know, removed from this situation as well. I'd also say that I'm only buying for myself. If you look at a family of four going to the games, that's £120 on memberships alone to have a minute chance of possibly getting into the raffle or the lottery of getting tickets anyway. And then are you going to get four together? Very highly doubted. So, you know, £120 for a family of four is quite frankly ridiculous because is £120 to get no guarantees of any tickets for next season. Ticket prices have also gone up. Kid, kit prices have also gone up. Yes, you can say, it's, you know, the whole world costs more now. Inflation's at a record high and, you know, their costs are more. But membership, there is no sort of outlay for Wrexham. That is just the number they've plucked out of the air and they can attach to it. So I'm, I'm quite, quite upset with that. But anecdotally then, Nate, you are a member. You personally don't have a season ticket. So... For example, last season, what what's it like? What is the process actually like okay. trying to get a, a Wrexham ticket? So firstly, one of the things that will always come back, and I, I totally respect that point, is people will say, well, you know, you should have a season ticket. I totally respect that at the time. it wasn't... Well, the, the other fact is you can't get one anymore. I can't buy so one. Got, you I can't would, get a season ticket. I would buy one if I could. But at the time when it was the last available chance to get one, I was working away most weekends for, for work and... and uh, and, and perhaps naively didn't foresee a situation whereby that it would not be possible. So look, as soon as I could get a season ticket, I definitely would, but I don't have one right now. That is, you know, part of the beast, nature of the beast. But membership, yeah, it's, uh, you know, joining an online queue. You know, obviously far, far more members than um, far more members than tickets. And, and it is, you know, you just, you're just hoping. Um, you are just very much hoping I obviously don't care where I sit in the ground. I'll just go anywhere, whether there's a seat in the back corner or the front row or wherever the seat is. 
uh, and you know you end up moving around and and hoping for the best. And if you don't get a ticket, you don't get a ticket, which happened a few times to me. And you have to suck it up and, and listen to the commentary, Radio Wales or, or whatever it is, and, uh, and 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 it is what it is. But you know, there, there's an element of with only three stands. If I'm if I'm going to come in defence of the club, which I'd say huge demand, and they they will be able to shift all the memberships and increase costs. I've no doubt about that. Without a membership, you're going to have no chance of getting a ticket, which nobody will want. And um, with the cop, you know, should that eat, that will ease slightly, I believe, ticketing issues, but I don't think it will be, you know, the, the gold. It won't be enough, will it? It, will, it, it won't no. be enough, probably, but it'll be, it'll go a long way to appeasing um, the tickets, especially if we're still in League Two next season. Um, but it's tough. And I, Rich, I'm going to read you because, like I said, we've got so many replies. I'm going to read you some of the responses. Um, that we had. So, well, no, I, I, like you said there, I think it is important to note that from Wrexham's point of view, they aren't a National League team anymore. And the, the club I'm, will no doubt argue, well, this is the price of success. We we have that demand. We can set this price and the majority of people will, will pay it. And the fact is that a lot of, again, this isn't an attack on them, but there's a lot of US fans and a lot of them seem to have defended this saying that, look, we understand that for maybe locals, this isn't ideal, but in the US, this is very cheap for what a membership package is and for us to have that that chance of getting tickets. So I respect their point of view. And I guess ultimately, Nath, the, the fact of the matter is that Wrexham as a club are going to make more money off overseas fans who do, I'm not going to say they're sort of day trippers, but who do quite literally come over to Wrexham maybe just to watch one game and they're happy to pay somewhat of a premium to get the full Wrexham experience. And ultimately, they are the supporters who might come over and only get to two or three games a season. But each time, they will spend maybe in one go what a typical Wrexham fan, a local Wrexham fan might spend in an entire season. Do you know what I mean? So I do think that this is just part and parcel of us expanding as a club. And there is the argument of, well, this is what we wish for. This is what we voted for. If you want Wrexham to be a successful football club and to be going at the leagues, winning every week, having very good players, playing nice football quite often as a byproduct of, of all those circumstances, then maybe you've just got to accept that this is it. Yes, you can get teary-eyed and say this isn't the, the Wrexham, club, Wrexham football club of old, but that Wrexham football team was languishing in non-league and had no easy way or no sort of clear way of getting out of those that, that, that division. So if you wanted to trade, you know, being a, a bottom-end National League team for being a successful football league team, then then can you really complain at this? Because that is just part and parcel of it. I'm not saying that's my opinion, but I think that is what the club would argue themselves. Right, well, it, here, here are a few opinions that are also not ours, but are lots of people that replied on Rob Brown Red's Twitter. Thank you so much for all the comments on there. Craig Jones, but they don't seem to be taking families into account, as you said, Rich. It's a huge outlay for a group of four £120 when they're simply entering a lottery to get a ticket. And also, I don't see the reason for a 200% increase. I'm lucky to have a season ticket, but totally understand some of the dismay. Um, what have we got here? Lee Burford, but supply and demand ultimately leads to higher revenues to invest in infrastructure or players. Um, Joe Edwards, but too much too soon. Immoral to be bragging about your 20 million turnover one week and making this move the next. Compare this to Premier League club schemes and you'll find you don't get anywhere near as much value. Um, I wouldn't put I would use put uh, this is nothing new in football in the late 90s I was paying about £40 for child and adult membership at Man United so that my son could apply for tickets we were not always successful and never got to the big games Josh put 
sustainability comes at a cost, more so considering scale when compared to, say, Madrid, who could charge less for any product and recoup that loss through quantity sold. That being said, I think £30 offers poor value and could be made more palatable with free gifts, etc. Couple more than Rich, Claire De- uh, Denovan, pardon me. But what can we do then? Myself and my daughter love going. It's very stressful each week getting the tickets. But as I said, I wasn't a season to get older beforehand, although I've been going since I was 12. It is what it is. I've seen many small changes creeping in that make me think. Um, and the Red Horde Wrexham fan, who have we got here? Wrexham fan channel. has put the fee isn't ghastly, but the rewards could use tweaking. What if member fees were rolled over? So if when allotted season tickets, half the money contribute was discounted off tickets. Shop did discount for merch isn't there. Maybe due to merch supply issues. But I was going to renew, but reading the comments and the unlikely chance of getting a ticket again this season, I'm afraid it's a no. I'll do one more, Rich. Um, Martin Jones is a bit disappointed this way, but I'm not renewing. Can't face the 10 a.m. scramble for a 1 in 10 chance of a ticket. So if you want to see all the comments on that, there are lots on our Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone's talking anecdotally, aren't they, Rich, in terms of how it affects, you know, I'm, I'm obviously talking about it from my perspective. I want to go to as many games as possible. And so selfishly for me, it doesn't work in my favour. Totally understand that, and it works in some other people's favour. Um, but I am surprised they didn't cap the numbers. I understand why you want to get as many members on board as possible and, and generate you know as much members as you can. Yeah. But I, I suppose you're asking that. You're saying, do you want, do you want to put a, a cap on how much money we're willing to give you? Right. Nate, you want, it's like, Nate, do you want me to give you 10 grand or do you want, do you want 15 grand? You know right. I say, I'll cap it at 10 grand, mate. I, I don't want 15 grand. Like, they're going to want as much money as possible to go into the club, and they will say, well, look, costs are up, not just in terms of we're buying more expensive players, our wage bill's very high. Um, next season, you know, it's the fact that you have to get the policing on a match day. It's the fact that you've got to just deal with, just in general, the cost of, of operating football club now is much more expensive than it would have been you know, pre the cost of living crisis. But like you said, Nate, you've got to remember that we're, I guess this is the transition ultimately of Wrexham from a football club to a business, isn't it? We've always looked at them as our local football team, but this is Wrexham becoming a big global brand now and it's more ruthless. And I suppose you're always going to worry that the fans do end up just being customers but, but rather than being supporters. Rich, is is there not an element that if there are so many members, what? so many more members than tickets available, is there not an element where you need to get creative with a ballot or... Or a way to make sure that every member got to a game. I know, maybe again, that isn't fair. I'm, I'm spitballing ideas here, but you know, yeah. there are. I, th- I certainly think that there'd be. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the logistics behind. Neither it, do but I. Maybe yeah. If there, were, there was a credit system, maybe if you. But again, that probably relies on having a cap. If you had a cap of a certain amount of fans, worked out what the what the how many spare seats you had per match. Drag that over the forty-six game season, you might be able to say, "Well, look, each member can get to a guaranteed five or six home right, games, right, right." And then that way, you know, you can apply for a game. But once you've got a ticket for a game, one of your credits is gone, and you've only, you can only apply for another five. You can get to another five right, games that right, season. Right. Maybe that is the fair way of doing it. How they'd actually implement it, I don't know. Can you imagine trying to do that on Ticketmaster? <laughs> we have enough problems to sell them what um, we've got anyway. Rich, so, Rich, I'm going to say it again. I, I. I said this the day the takeover happened, then I stand by it today. I honestly think a loyalty scheme is is necessary at this point because I'm not even saying backdate it. I'm not saying that you need to go back through years and work out who's done what and you know who went to Russia Olympic and who went to Gainsborough Trinity. But 
you know, people who are going to away games every single week or like, for example, if you buy a season ticket, maybe that's 500 loyalty points straight away. Maybe that if you buy a season ticket, that X amount and then away games, depending on the distances, 10, five loyalty points. And then they'll just add up over the years and then it becomes, you know, tiered. Then it, then it's tiered, um, tiered ticket releases if you've got over X amount. Yeah. And I, I think the thing with that, Nath, is I really like that as an idea. But it's just not something you can really fairly backdate. I don't think so. I think you would have to start I'm not it saying fresh that. I'm, now. I'm, I'm agreeing with that. I'm, I'm but saying then fresh. that is maybe also a problem because people can't now buy season tickets to boost their score. They'll have to enter these lotteries of getting away tickets just to even establish a score. You know, it's such a tricky situation. But I do think that that maybe is a, a premium or a price you've got to pay and say, look, it's not ideal, but we're going to go move ahead of this market and, and we're, we're going to do that as a as a scheme going forward. We know you're going to miss out. And yes, you might have been there watching us play 30, 40 years ago. You might have been coming since you were six years old. But ultimately, we all have to start with a clean slate. And from there, you're going to have to maybe build up your, your score because I just can't see there being a way of sort of having it backdated but, or Rich, having sort we, of a legacy element. Of I, it. I agree with you. And I'm, I'm saying start afresh. And I'm saying that right, it starts tomorrow, say, you immediately get 500. You're a season to go older. You've immediately got 500 points before you even start the season. I'm a member, let's just say I get 50 points because I'm a member. Okay, so we've got, just just so that you've got some points in the account to, to, to build from. Ultimately, I think over the years, people who go to away games will continue to go to away games. Not everyone goes to these away games and, and, and points will just generate. Those who've been going for a long time and who continue to go and you see it every away game will continue to just go and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap the points up. I know, like you say, there'll be people that if that was introduced would say, well, look, I would want it backdated. I know it's not the case, but you know, I know Wales have a loyalty system. Teams up and down the leagues have loyalty systems, loyalty points. Um, most top, most sort of top level elite teams will do. And I think if you're trying to go up the divisions, there has to come a point where you implement it anyway. So why not try to implement it as soon as possible so people can start working towards building their points, building that that tally up, like you said, Nate. But I fully agree on that, and hopefully there can be a resolution on that. I think myself and Nate have made ourselves our own points clear, but. Like we said, there's the thread on Twitter. I, I fully understand from Rexon's point of view why they try and get as much money and capitalize on the interest and the demand being this huge. Why would you not try and make as much money as you can? But ultimately, some decisions need to be for the right reasons. And it can't always be about trying to fill your, your coffers. It can't always be about trying to monetize every section of the club. Sometimes you've got to do what's right for the people. It's not just about milking us because eventually there'll be no milk left, you know? You, you'll take it all and realize you, you, you've increased prices across everything and the, the ingest will start to decline because people just simply can't afford it anymore. And I know right now that seems impossible, improbable. Rexman's got grow, 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 but there'll come a point where it plateaus. And that's when you need your hardcore demographic of loyal fans to fall back on. And I just hope that Rexham, like I said, I understand why they might want to put money up across the board, but there's some areas in which you just can't afford to do it. And while some aspects might go higher some have to remain the same or even take a cut because for Wrexham as well you look at the increased cost of, of membership it'll be thousands of pounds but we're dealing in millions of pounds now so what's the point what's the point of trying to get a few extra thousand when you're already making what the 20 million reported turnover that was boasted you know I think for sometimes you've got to take that little monetary hit because it's the right thing to do yeah Rich it's uh, well I echo that entirely and um I don't know. If, I, if I'm if i going to America, do I get like a thousand loyalty points or something? I don't know. 
Um, but it's it's one of them. Well, where... it's got to be role reversal there, isn't it? You're going to be a day tripper. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be the day tripper in in Chapel Hill and um, and Los Angeles. So yeah, do say hello if you see me over there. It's it's one of them, Rich. Where look, um, you know, I've obviously been pretty consistent in in terms of the loyalty scheme, the, the season ticket exchange scheme, or the ticket exchange scheme. I think's good. That's that's a good introduction. Yeah, I really like that as an idea. I, I think ring fencing. I know this has had some criticism. I think ring fencing seventy five tickets for international fans is is a good idea. Is a solid idea. I don't I don't dislike that idea. I think that is a solid idea. It gives them a, an opportunity because that, that you know they're logging on at four or five in the morning to. To try and get these tickets, I think ring fencing. You know, are there seventy five yeah, plus ring? I, I also do get the sort of we were here for sort of people who begrudge that. But I also personally, I think you can't value other fans against other ones. Everyone's got to have an equal opportunity to get tickets, and I think that you've got to embrace it. Again, it's a product of what we've become. If you want Wrexham to be a better football club, then they're going to attract more fans as a result. And the documentary being in the US, you've got two massive. Hollywood A-listers backing us. I do not begrudge the American fans whatsoever or fans from anywhere else in the world for for becoming Wrexham fans. I think they deserve an opportunity to 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 have the proper match day experience as well. So I agree with you. I think seventy five tickets is is a fair amount. And then my my final point on this is that I'm educating myself all the time on the price of football. You know, it, it, across the leagues because you look at it and go, wow, thirty pounds. Um, you know, membership. Wow, that is. You know, how does that stack up? And you look at it and go, well, um, you know, it, it's what I've got here, a Burnley membership is £35, an Aston Villa membership is £40, and they're in the Premier League. Um, but if you go to, I think, Championship, Southampton have got a £30 membership. What I'm going to do with that... I think Cruz is about £30 What I'm going to well, do with that, same division I'm, I'm going to fill so. that out, and then I'm going to figure out a way to illustrate that on robryanred.com, uh, and you can have yeah. a look. And what I'd also yeah, what I'd also point out, though, is I saw, I saw lots of comments saying, well, this League 2 team or this League 1 team, their membership costs more. But what I'd argue on that is you don't need a membership to buy tickets to go watch crew. You can turn up and just pay to watch crew. Right, right. So it's not a gateway to being able to watch that team, whereas in Wrexham case, it basically is. Like I said, if you want to go watch a proper meaningful Wrexham game, you have to at the very least be a member. So you are having to pay to join the club to have a chance of winning a ticket, basically. So I, I, I do think it's where you can compare prices like that as well I think there is the caveat that at a lot of these clubs being a member isn't the only way of getting a ticket for the game Rich uh, pre-season we mentioned obviously America that's coming up very very soon I'll be there but closer to home couple of games just a shame that fans maybe aren't going to get a sneak peek at trialist A trialist B was it Jimmy Torre who was famously was he trialist B for I summer? I feel like he was trialist. Was he? I don't think he was trialist A. I think he was trialist B, and he was giving autographs to kids after the game against what was it Lex or something like that. Yeah, good times, and <laughs> yeah, it's just a shame. Like I said, I would love to have been able to go watch a Wrexham game before before I'm away all summer, basically now, because I won't be able to with the time zone being in in Asia, I will not be able to watch any of the Wrexham games in the US. That's I just don't think that's feasible whatsoever. I used to love. Some of my happiest memories watching Wrexham were going to sort of Druids or like Letts or Moulds and watching really, it's always really sunny. Wrexham would score about six or seven goals. You'd think Jazzy Barnum Bub was the new Danny Alves and it'd be like, God, we're, this things are feeling good, boys. Things are feeling good. I'm loving this. 
And yeah, I just love being able to go to a preseason game. They're so much more chilled, very laid back and casual, good access to the players usually. You can just sort of say hello. And it was really, really important part of, of the club's identity were those local matches and how welcoming it was. I think of, I, I went on that first trip to Portugal, to Villamora. That was brilliant. That is a memory that will stay with me for for a lifetime. You know, I think, yeah, I absolutely loved it. And real, I'm really personally gutted I can't be on the US tour. I'm very jealous of you there, Nath. And yeah, I just find it disappointing that there's not going to be a more local game or any that we can we can get to this this summer. So the game is Balor. Balor. Which is I was going to say doors. we should say so. Balor's behind closed doors. That that would have been a belter in the sunshine. And and the other one is this week, right? An in an in house club game an this intra-squad week. Intra squad game. It sounds right. like, or at least a. It's it's called sort of an in in house game. So you'd expect that to be an intra squad. Some trialists involved as well, and, and different levels of it all all sort of combined together. But yeah, no no chance for Wrexham fans to actually watch. Rich, we it. could and, have been you know, one. Lots of teams we doing. Could, we could have been one right near your house, though. We could have been one super close. Not Atkins and Stanley, but maybe fill us in on what's happened there. We could have been at Berry. Yeah, so Berry. I apologies. I, I I don't know his name, but Berry's manager. Um, they've just reformed as a, as a club. They're playing back at Gig Lane. They're going to play the. They're, they're a team who, if you maybe not clued up on English football, they went extinct, went out of business. Was it three, four years ago now? Yeah, dreadfully managed. Yeah, just before the COVID um, sort of hit and the pandemic, dreadful situation, really horrible. Um, they, they came back as two Phoenix clubs, and now they united as one Phoenix club of Berry AFC. They're moving back to their spiritual home, Gig Lane. They're a very historic football team in in English football, in world football, anyway, and to celebrate their return to Gig Lane, they're, they're having a friendly match. Phil Parkinson tried to get it to be against Wrexham, but they've chosen to play Bradford City instead. And personally, I'm absolutely gutted because Berry is, when I say it's 10 minutes from my house, it is literally 10 minutes from my house. So that would have been ideal for me. That would have been the closest home game I could have gone to all season. And yeah, it's just annoying. Like I said, I, I do just find it disappointing that there's not, an accessible match, particularly now that we know they are playing Balor. Why can't you just host that? It doesn't have to beat the Kairos. It could, you know, it could be at Mice Taggart. Just go there. Few of us can go watch it. And yeah, just get that fix of football. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rich, then transfers. Tease at the beginning. It is the big intrigue at the minute. What's going on with Nick Powell? Who are Wrexham in for? Are we keeping Tom O'Connor? All these questions that keep swirling around every week. Who are the goalkeepers? Um, that are on trial this week, two young goalkeepers with Wrexham. Lots and lots of questions. I guess, let's start then, because you, you did put this post out on Rob Ryan Red. The two goalkeepers, Ben Foster said, didn't he, that he'd be away for a little bit of pre-season. He couldn't move one of his holidays. Mark Howard, Rob Lainton are there with two young goalkeepers on trial. Who are they? Fill us in. 
Yeah, so it looks basically like it'll be a replacement for Kai Calderbank Park, who's on trial with Chesterfield um, at the moment himself, or someone like a Rory Watson type of vibe goalkeeper. Basically, a fourth choice um, who could become a third choice if either Howard or Langton was to to go elsewhere in the upcoming season, or you know during injuries, for instance. So. Lots of managers these days want to have a real big pool of goalkeepers to, to rely on. Wrexham have got two in at the moment. One of them is Alfie Burnett. He is 20 years old. He was at Forest Green Rovers last season. And the other is Josh Blunkle, who was 19. He was with Wickham Wanderers last season. And it does sort of feel like it's a, should we say, sort of a hunger games between the two of them. Only one will survive and potentially get that contract. Do you remember that, that TV show? Was it called like, Football's Next Star? Was this where the lad ends up at Inter Milan? Was that... Ben Ben Greenhole, Ben Ben Greenhole, something think it was like called. that, right? And he played against he pe- played against Wrexham. Must be like the twenty sixteen season. Yeah, Ben Greenhole. Basically, <laughs> it was a Sky One competition in which the winner got to got got a one year contract at Inter Milan, um, and he was part of he was at Inter Milan the season they won the Champions League. I think in twenty ten. Wow. I don't remember. Um, that. I remember the show perfectly. It was like lots of trials. Yes. Check this out for a Wikipedia page. Honours, Welling United, the Kent Senior Cup, 2008-2009. Inter Milan, Champions <laughs> League, 2009-2010. He was, I think he was literally in their Champions League squad for the <laughs> when they won in 2010. Yeah, he, despite never playing a senior game during his time in Inter Milan, Greenhall was presented with a Champions League winner's medal after being part of the travelling squad for the Champions League final. He, he, how about this for a career? Welling, Inter Milan, back to Welling again. Um, he would have played against Wrexham for Maidstone United in either the 14-15 or 16-17 season. It would have been 14-15 when I was still working for Wrexham media team. We played against him. That would have been the FA Cup game, I think, when Andy Bishop scored twice. God, this is deep. This should be worth some bloody loyalty points, shouldn't This it? should be worth but, some um, loyalty points. Ben Greenhall knowledge. Um, how have we got onto this? But yes, um, Rich, let's, let, yeah, let's the, get us back on track, Rich. Two goalkeepers yeah. who have on trial. Burner and Blunkle, both on trial, 20-year-old and 19-year-old. Um, you'd expect one of them to potentially get offered a, offered a deal at the end, but wouldn't really make any sense for both of them to get offered deals just because you don't need five goalkeepers of, no. with and, football and, league and, experience, and if, in if, my if, opinion. If you're looking at it from their perspective, Rich, what an opportunity to be learning from three elite-level number one calibre goalkeepers. Yeah, it, it's an opportunity yeah. I'm sure both of them are, are eager to get. And, and the intra-squad game probably really helps their case in terms of Maybe put one at each end and, and see how they get on. Yeah. I'd also maybe say that while Ben Foster's on holiday, it makes sense just to get the extra bodies in anyway. And we've let some goalkeepers go. So there's no guarantee either of them will get offered a for anyway. Right. right. They're in. They're in. And, you know, it's up to them now to, to prove they deserve a, a deal at the end of it. So, yeah, that's where we stand on the goalkeepers. Interesting to see the movement elsewhere. But, Nath, you've been doing some digging and you've got some uh, some other... Insight. Yes. So I thought I would speak to Transfer Insider, um, Pete O'Rourke, you know, very popular on socials, over 100,000 followers on socials, seen as one of the in the know guys with agents and clubs. And so I thought I'd pick his brains on, on what's going on with Wrexham. It's been a quiet start to the off season, no new faces yet. Uh, ben Foster's been the only move that's been ratified. But here is what he had to tell me about Nick Powell, a certain player at Northampton the Wrexham have been looking at and interest in Tom O'Connor.
But as we've already said, then a transfer insider, transfer expert, not not me, uh, but Pete O'Rourke is one of them. Pete, busy time for you during the transfer window. Yeah, busy time, Nathan. Um, as I said, this is what uh, a lot of us guys do look forward to during the summer is when the transfer window swings open. Lots of rumours and speculation. It's our job to try and find out what is the truth and what is the speculation uh, and try and find out the news for those fans out there who are all craving uh, new signings for their club uh, coming ahead into the new season as well. So yeah, busy time. The phone is uh, red hot as well and getting plenty of uh, updates on what is happening on countries from all over the UK and all across the world as well. The, the transfer window is such a big thing now as well. So yeah, it's 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 good to work and it's exciting as well. And uh, like any uh, football fan, you want to see your club make new signings. It's always an exciting time. Well, t- talk us through your background a bit then in terms of if people haven't known you. Obviously, a lot of people do know you from, from Twitter and they see your alerts. But if anyone doesn't, what's been your background? Yeah, background was uh, I studied journalism uh, at Sheffield University, uh, worked for the PA, Press Association, while I was at uni for a year. And then after a year of working for PA, I, I got a job at Sky Sports, which was formerly Pla- it was Planet Football, which was then taken over by Sky Sports. So... I was there for over 14 years and then uh, since then I've been uh, working freelance. I worked at ESPN, uh, Footy Insider and various other websites and papers. So yeah, just been doing that since uh, university really and uh, luckily enough found a niche where the transfer window uh, has uh, brought me plenty of work and uh, plenty of insight as well. And uh, as I said, been quite good on the socials as well. Got a, a good following on Twitter, I think as well. And uh, Hopefully, most of the things I post are reliable and uh, trustworthy as well. So I think that's where you get the following from. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. I've been doing it quite a while now as well. You can see with the grey hairs probably from me that uh, it just catching up with me uh, and everything else. But, yeah, I still get a buzz from working in the transfer window as well. And you, you do see so many moves maybe that people didn't expect as well. And you it does... Uh, uh, make you feel good if you can uh, get a few transfers right here and there during the transfer window well yeah definitely reliable is, is one of the names when people said oh I'm going to chat to Pete and people said yeah he's 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 in the know he's one of the proper in the knows um, but we're here to talk about Wrexham as best we can what have you made of in terms of massive investment in terms of Wrexham massive pull with the documentary everything are Wrexham the type of name that are being linked to players maybe without much substance in terms of Wrexham being interested in them are they being used as a leverage for other clubs to get a bit more money yeah I think that's uh, the nature of the beast right now with Wrexham they are high profile as you said the the owners obviously the TV documentary as well and obviously Wrexham had a great season last year uh, winning promotion back uh, to the Football League had a good run in the FA Cup as well so Wrexham are big news now um, and I think that's fair play to the owners they've really bought into it and uh, raised the exposure of the club as well and they have put their money where their mouth is uh, they backed Phil Parkinson last season to get promoted and they did it in style with a great battle it was throughout the season with Nuts County as well I think that caught the imagination of the neutral fan as well um, especially that big game between the two just at the back end of the season as well which was action packed live on TV as well so that was a a great uh, platform I think for Wrexham to to show people that they're on the way back up as well again there's been a few maybe negative things saying that they're obviously got a huge budget with uh, their owners that they can go out there and maybe buy the best players and it's an unfair advantage for them over their rivals, but having money doesn't guarantee you success. Uh, you have to spend it wisely and uh, build a team and a squad that can uh, win promotion. And I think it was a great move with Phil Parkinson, who's been there, done it. I think 
he's now got five promotions in his career as well so he's experienced he's coped with all the exposure that's around the club now really well and I think for Wrexham now it's a just going to go from strength to strength and as you said agents and uh, everything else now see Wrexham as a big fish and players are interest, interested in moving to Wrexham as well and on the flip side of that maybe they could be loosed, used as leverage when they're trying to move players elsewhere clubs will always link them with Wrexham and it's a bit like what Manchester United have probably found over the years that uh, if you were linked with Manchester United they put a few extra uh, zeros on your price tags as well so maybe in the lower leagues that's where Wrexham find themselves now well, you know, you mentioned back in January the Owen O'Connell news that he came in and that was one of the first we'd seen on Football Insider. He's been brilliant for us. We've kept him, Ben Foster staying on, but we haven't had any new faces. I guess one of them, this is because it's emerged this week, you, you broke that story about Nick Powell with Stockport. What's the latest on, on Nick Powell? Yeah, um, obviously uh, earlier in the window, all expectations were that Wrexham were leading the race for Nick Powell, who is a free agent after leaving Stoke City at the end of last season. He's had a tough time of late. Nick Powell, I think it's pretty fair to say, with injuries and everything else, but quality performer, and I think dropping down to League Two, you would think he would be a standout performer at that level if he can uh, maintain his fitness and uh, play a regular amount of games as well. Um, Wrexham have looked at it um, but again now they've seemingly gone a bit cool on it and that's uh, opened the door for Stockport who are going to definitely be one of Wrexham's rivals for promotion next season I think um, unlucky not to win promotion this season when they lost in the League 2 playoff final as well they have got the finances as well to go out there and sign top players so yeah, they've invited Nick Powell to join up with them for their pre-season training camp in Spain right now so he's our trainer with uh, Dave Challenger's squad and they're, they're having a look at him and if he does well, there's a real possibility that possibly uh, Stockport could do a deal for Nick Powell and again, would be a big signing at this level as well. Former Manchester United player, uh, I think he was a £9 million signing at the time when they signed him. There was a lot of talk that he was uh, the heir to Paul Scholes' uh, throne as well at Old Trafford. But yeah, things didn't work out for him as well. But I think if you get somebody of the calibre of Nick Powell uh, in League 2, I think it'd be a great signing and that shows what Wrexham are up against now because... For me, League 2 looks really competitive next season. Yeah, it looks, and maybe we'll get onto that. It looks really, really stacked. But, but for clarity on, on Nick Powell, is it obviously people are desperate to say that Wrexham are missing out on X and missing out on, on and so and so? But is it that Wrexham have cooled on that maybe and, and they haven't been as aggressive in pursuing that? Because it did seem like it was as close to Wrexham wanted it, it was there to be done. Yeah, I think obviously Wrexham. Uh... I've taken the time over this one. They haven't rushed in and offered a deal to Nick Powell. You'd have to say now Stockport are in the box seat. Uh, uh, Powell's gone and linked up with him to, to train with him. And I think if he does do well during that uh, training stint with uh, Stockport, I, I'd imagine there would be a deal on the table as well. Um, we don't know exactly what Nick Powell is after, so it doesn't mean it's a cut and dried that he will end up at Stockport as well. But yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of clubs looking at Nick Powell as well. And if he does well in pre-season for Stockport um, without sending him a contract, I'm sure that might bring other clubs to the table as well. So not cut and dried, but I think it's fair to say that Stockport uh, hold all the aces now for possibly Nick Powell's signature in this window. A couple of other names that, that were linked with Rex and how, how close they were. Max Power, it seems like he's left Wigan now. We know that. Is he bound for Saudi Arabia? That one seems fairly, fairly done or fairly close. Yeah, I think from what my understanding is that uh, a move to Saudi Arabia is now pretty close for Max Power, um, linking up with Robbie Fowler, who's just recently gone out there to join uh, a club in the Saudi second division. So 
the offers of uh, Saudi are going to be hard to compete for anybody uh, in the football league. Uh, so I think probably right now, Wrexham maybe looked at this deal as well for Max Power. Very experienced midfielder, has played in championship football. He's played at a high level, so he would have been a, a good piece of business, I think, for Wrexham if they could have got this deal done as well. He would have uh, added a lot to that midfield, but I think now all signs do point to a potential move to Saudi for Max Power and uh, linking up with Robbie Fowler out there. And one of the big names floating around that, that League One and League Two, Alfie May, still not left Cheltenham, he's still there. Lots of people shopping him, it seems. Yeah, he's a man in demand, there's no doubt about that. Alfie May had a great season for Cheltenham last year, scored lots of goals as well, so there's no surprise that there's a huge amount of interest in his services. Um, as you said, Wrexham have looked at him, uh, a number of other clubs looking strikers have got him on their list right now as well, Gilling him have made offers and held talks uh, with his representatives as well. So they were pretty hopeful of getting a deal done for him last week, but it seems to have uh, stalled or a move has potentially been delayed in that one because it, it did seem that he would end up going to Gillingham, but um, nothing signed as yet for Alfie May. So maybe he's keeping his options open and seeing what else is out there right now as well. But yeah, Gillingham, again, I think they're going to be one of the bigger spenders in League Two as well. So they were offering a decent deal for Alfie May, and they're still hopeful that maybe they could get a deal for May over the line before the start of the season. And and Gillingham, of course, already got Johnny Williams on those books, and, and Neil Harris really trying to build something there, as you said with Stockport. We've gone and got Ibu Torre as well. Uh, what what are you hearing? Are you hearing anything else in terms of agent circles about Wrexham in terms of? how aggressive they could be because obviously we built a squad to this point that is meant to be able to compete Ben Tozer, Tom O'Connor, Paul Mullin, Oli Palmer. So it doesn't need major surgery, but are you hearing any kind of what Wrexham are looking to do? Yeah, as, as I said, probably a lot of fans are surprised that Wrexham haven't made a signing so far this season um, or this summer transfer window. Um, people probably expected them to, to go and build on their success of last season, but as you've mentioned, Nathan, they have got a strong nucleus of a squad there right now a lot of those players that you mentioned have played higher than League 2 so they've got uh, the experience and the know-how to play at a higher level than League 2 so I think Phil Parkinson is pretty content with his squad right now he's not going to rush into anything but I'm sure if the right player does become available and it improves that Wrexham squad Phil Parkinson will be hoping to get the backing from the owners which I'm sure will be there to go out and sign that player as well that's why they've been linked with the likes of Alfie May and there's other strikers as well that have been mentioned I think Hoskins at Northampton's another one that they've considered and looked at as well um, so yeah I think Wrexham although they've been quiet so far I still think they will do some business in this window there's probably certain areas of the team that uh, Phil Parkinson would like to strengthen um, I think probably the spine of the team you're looking at a centre back central midfielder and a striker to, to go along with what he's got right now and I think Phil Parkinson feels that that squad is strong enough as it is right now to compete for promotion again yeah Sam Hoskins a really interesting one had a great season with Northampton obviously been at Northampton a long time so I think it would be that emotional pull but versatility as well it's interesting that he's not really one that's cropped up on the radar but but Wrexham are, are looking I mean had a you know we know we both know that he had a very very good season and, and Northampton would be desperate to keep him yep yeah, as you said, good season, um, helped Northampton win promotion as well. So, as I said, it's going to have a strong pull on him to, to stay at Northampton. Northampton are in talks over a new contract with him. And uh, from my understanding is they're pretty optimistic that uh, the striker will 
uh, put pen to paper on a new deal to commit his future to the club as well, despite offers not just from Wrexham but also from other clubs in his services. I think uh, his uh, desire is to stay at Northampton. So yeah, that looks like uh, one that Wrexham won't be able to get done, and they'll, they'll have to look elsewhere as they want to bring in a new striker, maybe to play alongside Paul Mullen next season. What What have you made of? League Two in general, because I've seen you put bits out about MK Dons, and we've seen Forest Green Rovers have now parted with Duncan Ferguson. A lot of very ambitious teams that I think maybe 10, 12s that will really fancy their chances of going for playoffs and, and automatic next season. Yeah, I think it's probably looking one of the most competitive League Twos we've had for a long time. Um, MK Dons were a surprise team to get relegated last year. I don't think many people expected that. So you got to imagine with their infrastructure and everything else, the squad, that they'll be right up there trying to win promotion back to League One at the first time of asking. So they've got to be amongst the favourites. Obviously, Wrexham, I think, will be right in there as well. They're up with the bookies' favourites to win promotion as well. And if they can add a couple more players before now in the close of the transfer window, it'll only make them stronger as well. So um, expectation and pressure is on Wrexham maybe to do back-to-back promotions as well. So it's going to be a big season for them. I think Nuts County, Obviously had a great season last year as well, ran Wrexham really close in that title race and deservedly won promotion in the end to the, the Football League again. I think they'll have a good season as well. They've lost a couple of players. Ruben Rodriguez was is a, a big loss to them, but I think Luke Williams is a top young coach as well and they have got a, a good squad there that they could maybe go and uh, build on the momentum of last season as well while you've got the other clubs. Salford have been the nearly men probably for the last few years, missing out on promotion. We all know that they have got uh, big resources as well to be busy in the transfer window and uh, try and improve their squad as well. So I think they'll be in the mix, as will your normal big clubs like Bradford City uh, under Mark Hughes. Uh, got a huge fan base, Bradford, and uh, I think they don't see themselves as a League Two club. Uh, so they'll be hoping that they can go on better than last season when they lost out uh, on promotion. So yeah, I think Mark Hughes and Bradford will have another real goal as well. So I think they'll be up there as contenders and then I think you probably have to include Gillingham now as well obviously had a disappointing season last year when the survival was the aim but now under the new American owners um, and uh, Neil Harris and other people in the background like Kenny Jacket now in there as well I think starting to get things right and uh, they are willing to spend big to try and attract uh, top players to the club as well being in for Alfie May signing Johnny Williams all good pieces of business I think by Gillingham and I still think they'll spend more as well so I think they'll be right up there chasing promotion as well so as I said it's a real tough uh, league it looks like on paper this year and uh, whoever wins promotion uh, will definitely deserve it because it will be a hard fought race and, and and back to the transfer window have you heard many of Wrexham's players being linked with you know I'm sure people are looking at those players that said had a record breaking campaign we've heard a little bit about Coventry quite quite like Tom O'Connor but nothing nothing done there yet uh, Wrexham aren't maybe as fearful about losing players at this point we've got the backing to keep them but are Wrexham's players coming up in any conversations that you've you've heard? Yeah there is uh, some players from that Wrexham squad who are obviously attracting attention higher up the leagues that's no surprise considering the success they had last season as well as you as you mentioned O'Connor has uh, been linked with Coventry City so it just shows how well he has done uh, that he's attracting a side who just missed out on promotion to the Premier League um, obviously Paul Mullen was a goal scoring machine for them uh, last season as well he signed a new contract so I don't think there's any real 
uh, fear that he could leave, but uh, I'm sure there is clubs who have kept tabs on him as well. Um, but I think Wrexham right now, they're a club going places. Um, real exciting project uh, that's uh, going ahead now at the race course ground right now. So I think it's more about trying to bring players in rather than fear of losing players right now. I think for Wrexham, they're an attractive landing spot for players right now. And that's even, even in the National League, signing players like who would have thought Ben Foster would drop down to National League football last season which he did and he's ended up uh, staying on for next season as well so that shows the pull of Wrexham and uh, the excitement that they're, they're maybe generating among players right now that they are a club on the up So Rich you know as, as Pete was saying there a couple of main points I guess Nick Powell Wrexham has called on Nick Powell and, and now he's away in Spain with Stockport there in the driving seat but you know, it seemed like it was as Pete was saying a, a not a done deal, but a, a very much a, a goer, a strong one. Wrexham was seen as the front runners, and and seems to have that interest has seemed to have been retracted somewhat now, having looked at it. And and Sam Hoskins at Northampton, you know, a name we haven't really heard in Wrexham circles so far this summer. Northampton desperate to get him onto a new deal. He was pivotal for them last season in getting them promoted. Interesting, really interesting. The Hoskins, well, I think he would, he'd fit what we need. I guess it's the difficult sell, though, isn't it? Of do you want to leave being Northampton's sort of star player to be one of a few at Wrexham? And, you know, that's a real difficult one to actually go and do, but it shows the calibre that, that Wrexham want to recruit this summer. It's not about just trying to bulk out the squad with getting players in and getting new new bodies in, essentially. It's about bringing in more players who are going to challenge and think they deserve to be playing every single week. And that is how you raise the standards at a football club. You you almost improve on your best players already and someone who was undroppable last season suddenly isn't even guaranteed to start anymore. You know, the rumours of, I think, is it George Johnston at Bolton who who sounds like there's interest in him. If he came in, then you're looking at sort of either Tunnicliffe or O'Connell or Hayden being on the bench every week, one of them potentially not even in the matchday squads, which just seems ludicrous. Your pool of defensive options there would be unreal. And that's the standards Rectum are trying to set and trying to establish headed into into the new season. And, you know, it's not a case of buying just for the sake of buying. And I think that's why Rectum fans should be encouraged that whoever arrives this summer will be around for the right reasons, not just to fill a fill a squad place, really. And Nick Powell's an interesting one because I think we we mentioned last week that, you know, for someone Parky wants and go for it. But for me, he does pose a risk given his injury record. And that's not me trying to be like, because he's off to Stockport, I don't want him anymore. Good riddance. We've got Elliot Lee, Jordan Davis. He's a top, top player. But I do just always worry about signing a player who, like I said, what, what was it? He played 23 games in two or three seasons? Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned, games? You mentioned it last week, didn't you? The exact figure, 23, 26 games, something like that. Yeah, 23 games he played. And you'd need to be, and across the league campaign, would be double that, would be 46. So, I think we just, you know, if he could still end up being a Wrexham player, I don't know until he's officially signed and announced a Stockport, you know, as everyone's guess, but it does sound and look very likely he's going there and Wrexham will have other targets. They will have drawn up lists, as any well-run club does, of three or four players for each position. Lots of variables happen. Players who might not previously be available suddenly become available. Nick Powell, if he signs for Wrexham, would he, be, would he have been guaranteed to start every week? I really don't think so, given what we've already got. And yeah, I think, you know, hopefully it doesn't come back to haunt us if he does end up going to Stockport, but I have full faith and I guess it's become the catchphrase of the show. It's in Parky we trust. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought it was interesting this week, Ben Toza talking about Al Wrexham and set the difference between Re- the pull of Wrexham and the pull of Saudi Arabia. Max Power off to John Robbie Fowler, as Pete was saying, in Saudi Arabia. So he fancied uh, the big bucks of the kingdom rather than a trip to ben North Toza Wales. Ben Toza didn't Do you see that on Talk Sport this week? Ben Toza saying that Wrexham were, maybe, were, were as inviting as yeah, club saying. to be That's at. what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I saw, yeah, yeah, on Talk Sport saying... Um, about Saudi Arabia, so uh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, we'll see. As as Pete was saying, Rex and will make moves. Plenty of time. Um, it's been fairly slow across the EFL so far. I think quietly Grimsby have made some really good signings. They they got a lad in from Middlesbrough. I think they're going a little bit under the radar, making some nice moves. Um, but it's been fairly slow across the board, and everyone's kind of waiting and and waiting for the right targets, and so they should. Um, and whether we'll have anyone in for the America tour, I'm not sure. We'll see. And uh, probably that trial goalkeeper will be the first one through the door, Rich. One of them is uh, as fourth choice. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bidding you goodbye. And that feels a fairly emotional goodbye. I'm not going to see you now for um, how many weeks? Three weeks? About three weeks. Yeah, so I go to Oslo next Tuesday to Thursday, which really scuppers a pod, of course, <laughs> unless something except, like very uh, crucial happens and we have to make a bonus episode. And then, yeah, the, the following Tuesday, I fly to... Tokyo for nine days and then off to South Korea oh. as well for another four or five days. So all being well, we should I should be back in that podcast just before the new season starts. MK Don's at home. And Nath, last time I was away, you got Robin Ryan on the podcast. So no pressure to um, fill in while girls, while I'm gone. No pressure. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I'm uh, I'm not I'm not anticipating uh Rob Ryan coming to my coming to my aid and rescuing the podcast uh, again, but you know, you never know. Um, well Rich enjoy it and uh, I'll be in America and I'll be doing lots of stuff on YouTube by the way um, while I'm in America daily videos on there um, and if you see me uh, come and have a chat I'm, and I'm not sure exactly how the pods are going to look out there might be slightly different but we're going to get lots of people a lot of Chelsea talk next week ahead of that, that game and uh, hopefully some new faces in the building Rich hopefully there will be you can keep up to date with it all robbrownred.com robbrownred on all the socials. Thank you very much to Red Tent People Development. Without them, this podcast simply wouldn't exist anymore. Massive thank you as well to Rexham-based band Hypnotic for letting us use their music. The Stings on this podcast, making it more of a complete production. Thank you very much for joining us. Take care, and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.